planner is not a planner unless it is a well-planned planner. The well-planned gal, Rebecca Ferris, is a homeschool mom who has a gift, and she shares her talents with us in her planner series. A few of the amazing planners available are the well-planned day, student planners, and even the high school four-year planner. The newest planner is the well-planned prayer planner with an all-in-one planner and organizer. Organize your day with a focus on placing God first. Journaling 101 as well as scripture verses permeate this beautiful book. Take it everywhere and you will have all the information you need at your fingertips. Best of all, it becomes a keepsake and a wonderful guide for making prayer a priority. This journal is truly life-changing. Visit wellplannedgal.com for more information. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode number 67 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Boys, comma, again. (laughs) That's right. We've had a lot of people ask us to talk about boys again. I don't know if you need to say the comma. I probably don't. I think Uh, our listeners are pretty sharp. They can read punctuation without having it read to them. Yeah, and actually, if you want to listen to part one, it is episode number nine on Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. And that one's just titled Boys. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Nine episodes, or, you know, the ninth episode. Yeah, so we we sat down with uh, Hal and Melanie Young on that episode. We talked through the issue of boys, and it was such a smashing success. Really, this one is one of, it has to be one of our top ten. And it's one that parents talk about a lot when they write into us. Yeah, well, because we talked about boys peeing on the wall, and somehow that resonated. That is like (laughs) the term. And then people would talk about that often. You know, when they would see us in public or at events, they'd say, oh, when you guys said that, it really kind of made us know that you're normal. So, okay. yeah. So I was standing at our window in our bedroom, and we can see part of the yard from there. And I watched Christian pull his pants down and just, you know, relieve himself right there in the yard. And I told him later, I said, hey, dude, I saw you. And he said, he did? He goes, but Dad and I always do that there. So, what? dude, busted. He threw me you're under totally the bus. Busted. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's not like we live in a little stamp postage stamp backyard, people. That's true. We, the backyard is pretty much the wild <laughs> frontier. Especially I think the if you're, an, eight little, if you're an eight-year-old little boy, our backyard is like, you know, if you're from the 70s, remember Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? That's what our backyard is like. <laughs> yeah, until he's bored. I'm bored. There's nothing to do. Yeah, well. Dude, you live in a national park. <laughs> so what's going on around our house as we get ready for this episode? We have a son in Paris. Yeah, this is the second time this summer I've gotten a text from one of our children saying, I landed in Paris. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I've like, I've driven to life. outside of our house. You know, I peed in the backyard. That's, that's the excitement of, of our lives here. And our kids are just having a ball. And he is the male on this trip, right? Yeah, with two um, girls that are like sisters to him, really. One of them's actually engaged and coming home to be married the week after their trip. Yeah, so, gone for about a month. So yeah. that's going on. We're talking about boys. We're going to actually get back to this story of him going on this trip uh, later on in our show. Um, it's Labor Day weekend, people. And the Fletchers used to plan a huge getaway. We'd go to the beach every Labor Day. I know. It's but. sad. We had we had these family, we have, still have, family friends of mine that are in their 90s who owned just a fabulous beach house we used to rent. They'd rent it to us dirt cheap, and uh, they can't do that anymore, so... So we've lost out. So now we're home, and we're trying to decide what to do. And okay, and also, it's the U.S. Open Tennis Championships and right now. And we don't have any television, television. So we're having to listen to it online like everybody else is cool. It's like 1945 in our house. I'm listening to tennis on the radio. That's fun. So we have this big event uh, on Labor Day weekend in California. It's called Color the Skies. And it's actually a fundraiser for the hospital that our son, Joe, Mighty Joe, was treated at when he had his illness back when he was born. 
And so we love to go support it. And it's a huge balloon festival. So this morning, the kids woke me up before 5 a.m. We, not Kendra, loaded up in the car and drove out. We got hot drinks and we ended up watching the balloons rise about 6.30. And so I am wiped out. I'm tired today. I see you're drinking coffee. Yeah, so... Hey, that's a nice segue. I'm drinking Caroline's Coffee. They're one of the sponsors of our show. Today, I'm having Tanzanian Peaberry. It is a great coffee. It's right up my alley. It's the kind that I like. It's a medium roast. It's a mild bean. So if you are one of those dark, overly roasted coffee lovers, this one may not appeal to you. But if you're like me and you like good flavored, uh, kind of earthy caramel coffees, this is the one you need to try. And you need to go to homeschoolingrealife.com slash coffee and you will find all the information you need on how to go to Caroline's Coffee and use our code to get 10% off your order of coffee or tea or anything else you buy at Caroline's. Are you just being critical of people who like their coffee dark? No, not me. Are you kidding me? I just won't drink with you. You can make it that way, but you know that. And also, I'll tell you one other thing. If you're ever going to involve me in coffee, don't ever offer me coffee that has flavor in it. So if you're like a hazelnut coffee person, I, am, I will not drink with you. I like hot black coffee, no cream, no sugar. I want to taste my coffee. So in other words, what you're really saying is you're a coffee snob. I am. That's what I'm saying. So okay. That's a fine. I'm, right. I'll be a snob in that. There's very few things I'll be snobbish about. Okay. That's one. Okay. Is there anything else you can pick out on I, me I'm today? a water snob. You are having a problem with me today. I'm not having hey, a problem. Hey, everybody. I'm a total Fletch water snob. He's in the backyard. He's a snob <laughs> about his coffee. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I love you. Yes. Are you going to make homemade ice cream this weekend? Well, it's Labor Day. That's probably the last thing we should talk about on Labor Day is that we like to make homemade ice cream. So I don't know what we'll make. We, we tried that goat cheese uh, roasted cherry. That was a good one. Yeah. So before we move on with the show, let me tell you, we've had a tremendous response. <laughs> see, she's picking on me. Do you see this, folks? I say a word wrong. <laughs> You're not going to cut that out? No, I'm going to leave that in <laughs> oh, okay. now. We had a tremendous response. <laughs> I said it right that time. We had a tremendous response to our last episode, What Josh Duggar Forgot. And uh, really, it it was almost double the normal download in the first 24 hours. So, <laughs> yeah, but when you say tremendous, there are some negatives. In there. Yeah, so we, we had some response back. We, you know, not much, but we, we did get that. But let me tell you, um, one of our listeners wrote in and said, "Hey, I'm leaving this episode and I'm going straight to losing our religion because you mentioned that a lot." And I just wanted to kind of buffer the rest of our podcast going forward. If you're listening to this one for the first time. You should go back and listen to Losing Our Religion because it does kind of set the ball on the tee for why we're doing this podcast and why we talk about what we talk about. So um, those that would be why I'd have all of our listeners go back and listen. I don't think I mentioned we mentioned it a lot, but I would just say commit to it if you haven't heard it yet. Yeah, well, and let me just pull in there another little plug too because that is the book I turned in this week to the publisher. It's called Lost and Found, Losing Religion and Finding Faith. And it is also our story and the gospel and putting our hope in the right place, which is Jesus. And um, so that book's coming out in 2016 with New Growth Press. Yeah, exciting. And then lastly, uh, we are traveling and we have some travel plans coming up. We're going to be going out to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. We are going to be talking actually about podcasting. And uh, we talked about Hal and Melanie Young. They're going to be joining us. There's, uh, are there any other podcasters that are joining us? Yeah, uh, Dr. Melanie Wilson. Yep. From uh, com, but her podcast is the Homeschool Sanity Show. She'll be joining us out there as well. So it's going to be like a little reunion out oh, in we're North Carolina. Have fun. We're going to have fun, and we're going to get some of these folks on mic too, and do some something something yeah. from there. And we have not inked this yet, but we will be in Indiana at the end of April at the Indiana. Home Educators Conference, uh, State Conference, and mm-hmm. we are going to be speaking up a storm there. So if you're an Indiana listener, you can look for us out there. Yeah, we actually are getting a few little things coming in now asking us or me to do things next year. So we'll announce those as they come up. There's actually a homeschool mom's retreat in Birmingham, Alabama in February that I get to be at. So if you're going to be there, woohoo, that'll be fun. Which, if you are interested in having us come speak at your event... Uh, we will come, and we would love to speak. So if it's a 
homeschool event, if it's just a church event, or if you just want us to come and sit in your living room and talk to you and your husband and wife and kids. Really? Okay, that's creepy. No, we wouldn't do that. No. It's creepy. Uh, we could. If you'd like uh, us to, we'll hop in the back seat and we'll just talk from the back seat. So it's like how people listen to podcasts. So enough fluff. All right, Jason, we are sorry. Jason is our fluff meter monitor. And maybe we've gone beyond, so it's in the red zone now. So let's get on uh, with our sponsors over at Hedgewa, and then let's get on with our show. You know, we are really enjoying our partnership with the Home Educating Family Association. And we've introduced you to a few of the Hedgewa products like Family Magazine and the Well-Planned Day Planner. Well, I recently got back on the phone with Rebecca Kelleher, the owner of Hedgewa, to talk about another branch of their business. Dear Magazine is a magazine published specifically for young women. And before we get into the details of that magazine, I want to look again behind the scenes and share a little more about the heart of this company. First, a little background. I asked Rebecca, why would you jump into the teen magazine market? Obviously, there's several teen girl magazines on the market today, but there's none that I felt would encourage the culture that we were already building in our home. I started talking to my girls about that. Hey, did you know there's not a magazine that really comes to girls and both exposes them to the gospel, good fashion, modest but hip, do-it-yourself projects that teen girls would be interested in, articles on relationships that were relevant to them at their age level. Now, here's where the story begins to get really good. Because Rebecca's passion was picked up by one of her own daughters, Jenny. So Jenny came to me at 16 and said, Mom, you've been talking about women's awareness. You've been talking about the needs. You've been talking about the fact there's no teen magazine. And in the process of all that, she was actually helping design family magazines. So she had already learned the skills to do layout and design for magazines. She said, I think I might want to do the teen magazine. And I said, well, why don't you pray about that? And she did. And for two years, it was a topic. But as a mom, I didn't want to push it. So I backed completely off and prayed about it. You know, we've said this before. Here at Homeschooling IRL, we love to partner with sponsors that we believe in. If we're going to tell you to use a product, it's because we love that product and the people behind them. That became super clear with Hedgewa as Rebecca continued to describe the genesis of Deer Magazine and the heart behind it. I can't remember the exact moment she came to me and said, this is what we're going to do. It's almost like it was just a natural progression. And uh, she, she did the layout and the design for one issue and said, what do you think? And... The moment I saw the first edition on a PDF on my computer, um, first as a mom, I cried. <laughs> but then secondly, just this sense of awe that God could take this family that did not know Christ and 20 years later produce a child that is sharing the gospel at 18 with other young women is breathtaking. It is amazing what the gospel will do in your life if you just let it. That's real life. The Kelleher family behind Hedgewa gets it. They are real people behind real products. In the upcoming weeks, we'll be looking more closely at Deer Magazine. But for now, head on over to Hedgewa.com. That's H-E-D-U-A dot com. And check out all of their great products. The boys are back in town. Kendra, do you know who sings that song? Not at all. Come on, make a stab at it. <laughs> Dude, I am so bad at this stuff. Okay, I'll give you... It's a, Okay, it's two words in the name. The Clash. Oh, that's good. The first word is Thin. No idea. Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. Whatever. I, How many listeners knew Thin Lizzy? I bet some would. Yeah, one. I bet some would, yeah. <laughs> and if you're that one, please, 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 please. tweet me at Homeschool IRL and say Fletch. I knew who sang that We song. don't play nearly enough Broadway musicals or opera because I would know those. Those I would know. And most of our listeners would be turning us off. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm probably going to get Everything slammed by I those like people. Everything I like is nerdy. I get it. All I right. get it. 
Hey, so we're going to start the show off with an article that you posted. Did you post it on our homeschooling in real life wall? I did not, but I will this week. And I posted it originally on my page because I read this this morning. It's called, My Teenage Sons Are the Smartest People I Know and Sometimes the Dumbest Too. (laughs) Yeah. So this is uh, by Annabelle Monahan, and you read it in the week and you shared it with me and it's funny because you know when you share stuff with me, everybody kind of jumps in, or maybe you didn't share it with me. You just no, shared I it on just your shared wall. It on my wall, and people started yeah. sharing it because yeah. it's really, really good. And and so the idea here, and the reason we wanted to start this show first, let's back up that that previous episode. We talked about a lot of really, really good topics. Yeah, and we don't want to just rehash exactly right. what we said. Right. I do probably want to talk about two. Maybe I, I do want to talk about adventure again and a sense of adventure. Okay. Um. So we'll get there. So let's first start with this article. Yeah. So two paragraphs I'll read, um, but you know, then we'll link to this article because you'll want to read the rest. She says, my kids are the only people in my house who are as smart as my smart TV. I honestly have to enlist their help every time I want to change the channel. They know how to work Netflix and they can figure out how to get Wi-Fi anywhere in the world. And yet my son recently started a road trip by quickly clicking an address on his phone's GPS. He then drove to the exact right address in the wrong state. That's awesome. <laughs> it's these... <laughs> It's these little things that you'd never think to explain that turn out to be the big things. When he was leaving, should I have added, go to the right state to my standard, make good choices? (laughs) So it's just totally great. All about, you know, all this, this knowledge they have, but then like sometimes the common sense. Yeah. And so this really, I mean, you get to my statement that I say often, I'll say, oh, you guys are just dumb as a bag of hammers. And that's not, I'm not slighting my kids. It's just... We do so much to fill their heads with education, but, um, and I don't, this isn't just boys, right? We're not just picking on boys at this point. We have, we have girls that are equally this way, but it's this idea that, uh, training of boys. And I think we talked about this a little bit with Hal and Melanie, you know, we got to realize the majority of teaching, uh, in homeschooling, uh, of our boys is done by girls. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's funny you said that because I think there's some truth to that too, as moms, like I, I guess I should assume that my son who had a discussion with a visitor in our home recently about, um, what neurons do in the brain because he had read about it. My eight year old son (laughs) also doesn't realize you have to put the milk away or it spoils on the counter. Right. Yeah. And so, (laughs) but I guess what I'm saying, Kenj, is that because this teaching is often done by moms, there are some, I, and I think there are just some good practical manly lessons that they may miss if you're not mm, thinking to take care of those. Right. And I guess I was thinking like they're not even like moms are just doing the practical. I'm just putting the milk away in the fridge, but not thinking to say you hey, need to put you the do. milk yeah, away in right. the fridge. Yeah. And there are some things I think that, you know, some common sense things that you just may not pick up that maybe dads should kind of rise to the occasion. And here's a time when, yeah, you're not doing the, the day-to-day homeschooling. But you sure have a lot of dad schooling you can do with both your sons and daughters. Yeah. So how do you practically do that, Fletch? Because you work full time. Well, I think the the deal is you just realize that homeschooling is not just sitting in front of the books with mom or with anyone doing homeschooling. I mean, you're schooling all the time. I mean, the examples in this article are priceless. The idea of keys, you know... Yeah, that you need keys. keys. Now right? we live out in the country and exactly, I mean, this exact point that she brought up, I thought about, I had a son who, you know, he said, man, I was locked out. I'm like, well, where was your key? You know, we lock the doors when we leave, even though we live out in the country, right? we lock our doors. Well, I was locked out. I'm like, well, where was your key? Well, I don't have a key. Well, why don't you have a key? <laughs> well, I don't know. And, and this is not a 10 year old that was wandering the country. Right. This was a almost 20 year old who has car keys. Yeah. So he knows how to get the key into the car to get the car to drive, but he didn't think like, Oh, I should have a house key. And I guess, you know, what he's saying is we guys don't always lock the door. Well, you know, in a house of 10, someone's typically home, but when we're gone, we lock the house, right? Have a key, get a key. You know, <laughs> well, and I love in the article too because she says that that her teenagers will say to her, "Oh, I, I didn't know that was a thing." <laughs> yeah, it's keys a are thing. Keys yeah. are a thing. And, yeah, and you know, we're quickly getting to where kings keys are not things. <laughs> right. You know, we have some close friends. You go to their house; they don't use keys. Right. And I don't. You know, there's a lot of cars that don't use keys. But yeah. you know, for those of us that are still living in the keyed houses, <laughs> those of and, us who listen to tennis on the radio, and, <laughs> and those of us and our children, right, we use keys. Yeah. So there's that. Now we sent a son to. Uh, on a European vacation, which, boy, that sounds 
like an 80s reference. Um, we sent him on a European vacation and there he was a lot... send of- him. He, he's paying for this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this right. Part he of his is, gap yeah, so we're not sending him on a... This is not on our dime. But part of it was raising the money and having the money to go and and knowing what he needed and so forth and so on. And part of that was, hey, man, there's some practical things here. You're traveling in a foreign country. And we took the time. So, you know, what did we do? I kind of thought through everything that could happen. Right. And said, hey, here's the deal. Um, you need to let your uh, bank and credit card companies know that you're traveling because the worst thing would be to land in Barcelona and not be able to get cash or use your you know, be able to stay anywhere or eat. Anything. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so he was like, Oh really? I said, yeah, really? Yeah, you, want call, you want them to know because otherwise in the world we live in, and this is new maybe for even our generation, you know, credit card companies won't, they'll freeze your account if they see activity and you're normally well, sure. here. So, yeah. and that. his credit card, because he's a minor still <laughs> is on under hours. And so they're really going to flag that. So yeah. we have, you know, there's that there was uh, Hey, this is, how you're going to go through customs. This is, you know, and there was a lot of practical things that we did not just launch him. No. But there are plenty of just normal things that we have maybe let slip through the cracks. And she mentioned some of the article, you know, um, cars need oil. Right. Um, that's right. one thing. You- we we have friends whose son did that. I mean, yeah. he just drove that thing, didn't even know. Oil, didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Put oil in a car. So I want to share a story, could I? For a little quick story of my own life. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. This has nothing to do with homeschooling. Okay. But I think if we're not paying attention, folks, this can happen to the youngest kids in the family because you assume you've said it enough times uh, right. and you assume it'll filter down. And this is ultimately what gets people in trouble with sex education with their kids with um, anything, either, you know, on the front end, they're too afraid to talk to their kids. So they don't, then, you know, somewhere in the middle, they start talking to their kids and they forget to keep that conversation going with the little kids. So we see that happen. But in my family, it was an education discussion. You know, the story, Kenj. Yeah. I got to my senior year in high school or junior or senior year. And my counselor said, Hey, what are you, what are you going to do after high school? I'm like, I'm going to go to college. That's the next thing, you know, because in our family, it wasn't an option. That's where you were going. And she said, well, how do you think you're going to get into college? And I said, well, I'm going to apply to college and then I'll get in. And she said, well, how do you think you're going to get in with the grades you have? And I said, well, what do grades have to do with getting into college? <laughs> Still makes so me laugh. I, those words <laughs> left my mouth. Wait, that's a thing? Yeah. <laughs> And you know what I realized is, you know, my parents, uh, my mom was in education. I had three older brothers and sisters, but they were eight years older than me. And they just didn't take the time to tell me that getting into college required good grades. Poor little last child. And I made it into like my junior or senior year. And she's going, well, how are you expecting to get into college? And in my mind, I thought, well, you apply to the college you want to. They choose you based on, I don't know, looks, merit. You know, nice handwriting. Like, like in back an then, there was no in- yeah. <laughs> no computer. Well, I kind of thought it was like an interview. Like they met you, they're like, "Yeah, we want you at our school. We like you." And and I remember when she said back to me, she said, "You know, Andy, because um, she wouldn't have called me Fletch." She said, uh, "You know, your grades matter." Okay, so no one ever told me that, and I guess that's what I really liked about this article is because I could relate to a lot of the things she was saying personally. Yeah. And I think, you know, that she, she talk, talks about that too. She says, you know, man, I look back on my own life and <laughs> there was just so many of the same things. And, and I think, you know, this is a truth here. We homeschoolers, you know, we're, we're so proactive. We're so, um, on it, you know, that we're going to take charge. We're going to do this. And folks, the reality is there will be gaps in their education. There will be things you forget or just don't cover or don't hit by the time they leave your home. Um, that's reality. Um, but there is a lot to be learned out in the real world of not saving money or hey, <laughs> paying checks, a bill late. When the checks finish in the checkbook, that's not when you're out of money. Right. Right. You know, having checks physically in the checkbook, that's not that's the not indication money. of money. Exactly. But yeah, we had just people in school things. that had those, you know, had those mm-hmm. things like I thought I still had money in there. Oh yeah. I saw right. checks in my checkbook. Right. Um, well, and our oldest son too has been on a real journey this year of physical health and food because he feels lousy. Well, we watched him eat a lot of junk food <laughs> right after he was, you know, done or had graduated in our home, even if he was living in the home. Man, he was eating so much junk food because he had the freedom to buy his own food and realized pretty quickly that, oh, there's a reason my parents fed us healthy food. 
and why I feel crummy now, you know. So just just real life things that you learn. Yeah, and I think those are the things we need to be talking about. And so on this first section here, it's this idea of let's not forget (laughs) to fill in some of the gaps with our boys and talk to them about things they just need to get and that they might be missing. Um, And I'm the first one to say, don't be so prideful and think you're going to cover everything in a homeschool because you're going to miss some things that they'll pick up. And and that same son has told us, hey, you know what? There's a lot of things that are missed on the outside. And some of the other examples were ironing and you know even purchasing food or right. what it looks like. And so some of us are really good at doing that. Let's show them how to run a household budget. Mm-hmm. But let's show them you know how to I think we've talked about how to coupon and how couponing helps save money. Yeah. Um how to our son called us recently and said, "Can you help me buy a car?" And I kind of winced and thought, "Oh, really? You know, financially help?" And he said, "No, no, no, just help. I've never bought a car. I would like your help in how to negotiate a price and go through that." That's a lifelong lesson that we just it's never come up, but he wants to learn that. And I think yeah. that's fantastic. So um, those are the kind of things we're talking about. And those are the things that, again, dads, you can get involved and think, you know, what am I doing day to day that I need to help this these kids with, but specifically my sons? Mm-hmm. You know, I know we say this a lot, but at Homeschooling in Real Life, we love to partner with companies that offer products or services that we love. So when we got started with this podcast, I told Kendra, you know, it would be fun to get a coffee sponsor because I love coffee and it's easy for me to talk about it. So I reached out to Caroline's Coffee and they immediately jumped the chance to sponsor this show. And I think it's because they recognize that homeschoolers like quality. We like quality in our education. And in this case, I like quality in what I'm putting in my coffee cup. Now, Caroline's Coffee is a family-owned company, and they come from the foothills in the gold country of California in Grass Valley. That's just north of Sacramento. I mean, listen, folks, it's an actual shop. There's an actual location in downtown Grass Valley. And when you show up, you might just find Trace Fike, the owner, roasting coffee right in the middle of the shop when you're there. Now, when you order from Caroline's Coffee, you can be guaranteed that this coffee has not been sitting around on the shelf. It's hand-roasted, and then it is packaged and sent directly to your doorstep. You know, I get my coffee sent to my office, and I always know when it shows up because the aroma of fresh roasted coffee is permeating the package that it's sent in. For me, it's like coffee Christmas. I rip through that package, I grind some beans, and I make a fresh, hot pot of delicious coffee. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, I get good coffee at my grocery store. You probably do. But let me tell you, Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted, hand-delivered, with our discount, you just can't beat the price. And flavor-wise, I'm sorry, folks, this is way better than the mass-produced national coffee companies that roast giant batches and then shove it into cans and ship it off to all corners of the world. No, this is hands down better than that. So if you want to get some Caroline's coffee in your cup, here's what you need to do. Head on over to our website. It's homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee. We have all the details there on how to use the code. We have a link directly over to Caroline's Coffee. Choose a coffee or a tea that you think you'd like to try. Use the code, get the discount, and enjoy it. And hey, when you're there, tell them that Fletch and Kendra at Homeschooling in Real Life sent you. I know you're going to love this company, and you're going to love their coffee. Ken, you certainly know who that lead-in song was that time, don't you? Oh, that's the Beatles. Yeah, so those are one of you. So you know, you know bands. Well, so, in, you know, I was a music major, and in my advanced, like, senior year music theory class, we studied the Beatles. 
Ah, that <laughs> I would have been a music major had I known that was an option. I know. Well, they were actually very musically talented young men. So, anyhow, um, I wanted to bring up a uh, comment that I had gotten on the Preschoolers in Peace blog this week because this is from Rebecca asking us a question about boys, and I said, this is perfect. We're going to be covering this on the podcast. So, let me read this to you. She said, um, I love homeschooling, and I think it is best for my children's needs right now, but I struggle to find ways for my two oldest boys, nine and ten, to use up their energy. I told my husband I feel like they would need two hours of sports each day, but I just don't know that how that would be possible. We can't afford either financially or t- time-wise. So I'm already driving around five kids enough and would like to limit the endless outings. And so we can't really enroll them in that many sports classes. I dream of living on a farm where there would be enough boy work for them, but we live in the suburbs and that is not an option. They drive me crazy with their need to move and often get a little too rambunctious. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. Say, so we actually live on a couple of acres, but we didn't always. We we lived in um, a little home in town. Yeah, the first boy, when the boys, the first three, you know, because we did three boys, two girls, then three boys. The first three boys, when they were little, they were in a, we were in tiny, what? I don't want to say tiny because then if someone's smaller than that, they go, well, this is yeah, tiny. But it was right. 1,700 square feet. And it wasn't tiny, but there were five kids in that. And yeah. So, yeah. So felt, in three bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. Homeschooling in the garage. Right. You know, we really kind of tried to make a space. But, you know, um, we made the best of everything in yeah. that. I think there was a lot of tumbling room allowed. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, used the front yard, backyard, but we also used as much getting out space. And this might be where we tie into adventure towards the end here. Okay. So go ahead and start with what you wanted. Well, I know we built a sandbox um, back there and that's not a nine and 10 year old thing, but we did have a kitchen garden and they were, they were out there helping us with that. Um, sometimes, you know, doing whatever. Um, and we had a big dog in that little yard. We went on a lot of walks. I used to rollerblade, um, <laughs> and push a stroller and they'd ride their bikes next to me. Um, now we had a neighborhood that we could do that in. If you're living, you know, if you live somewhere busy, that's hard. Um, we had friends with pools who allowed us to come and swim in their pools when it worked for them and us. Um, we lived near a schoolyard and I remember going over to the schoolyard on Saturdays and Sundays and taking advantage of that schoolyard space, flying kites. I remember biking and dogging over mm -hmm. there. And then we often, you know, and I'll just jump in here with what I think about adventure. I'm always turning the most ridiculous thing into an adventure with our boys. I really want them to get a sense that, hey, you know, just going to the hardware store can be an adventure. Uh, Just doing errands can be an adventure. And adventures are often marked with cold drinks, um, fresh fruit. You know, (laughs) we've gone out and we've known to stop at a fruit stand and pick a bag of whatever. And we're in the car eating fresh fruit as we drive on our adventure. But, uh, you know, we, we love to go explore new things and get our energy out by walking and hiking and climbing. And I'll tell you what, with my boys now, nothing is off limits. If you want to go conquer that rock, go for it. I'll let you. If you want to climb that hill, go for it. If it's cool and it's, you know, we're in a, a relatively safe place or if it's an illegal thing to do, go for it. Take it off. You know, what happens? I want to jump in that river. Yeah. I think it's going to be freezing, but if you want to do it, go for it. Right, exactly. Your, your clothes are going to be wet and you're going to be miserable. I'm telling you it's a bad idea. But if you want to, go for it. It's yeah. an adventure. We did a lot of mud. I remember that. Like in the wintertime, there was just always muddy clothes um, that I would just hose off. It's cold. Your fingers are going to get cold hosing those off, especially if you live in even colder climates than we do. Um, but we just we just let them get muddy. I had mud clothes for yeah, them. Yeah, and I'm wondering if we need to talk here about, again, this idea of the majority of teachers being women. Uh, or girls and you're dealing with boys yeah. and just let them. And again, I'm not dividing lines because I have girls that want to be out doing the exact same thing as our boys. But in this case, um, we have friends that they have sons that are being raised in a little poetry knitting homes. Right. And these boys are just not getting out and getting that literally dirt under their fingernails. And again, I get it. Girls want to do this too, but in those homes where I kind of feel like they they can't get their energy out, you need to let them. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's going to be dirty. And it, sometimes it means they get to bring their bikes into the kitchen and take apart a greasy chain and learn how to change it. You have never let them take a greasy chain apart in the kitchen, have you? Yeah, I have. Oh. And actually, do you remember um, the little trikes when they first got their little trikes? I allowed them to ride them all around the, the dining room. Oh, yeah. That's in this house. <laughs> and, you know, that's bamboo flooring. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm pretty particular. We take care of things in our home as best we can. But um, and I mean, you know what? Actually, now I say that it wasn't trikes. It was just little like plastic ride-on yeah. vehicles, you know, and just let them go run circles around all the hardwood floor. Um, so, you know, I think realizing, Mom, you're, these aren't girls, um, and they and some of the girls need to do this too. So let these kids expend all that energy. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you peace inside your home. It's going to cost you some, you know, getting out in the mud with them and cleaning that up, uh, whatever, but you've got to let them do it. It may cost just some peace of mind as you let them climb the tallest tree that they have access to. And you think, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but you gotta let them do it. All right. So in the homes where you really have no space, um, we have done a few things lately with our kids. Now, again, we've talked to you about how we have space out in the country, but when it comes to working out, um, we have found that working out with DVDs has really been helpful. And I have found that I invite the little guys to join me on these. And again, they're joining dad. They can join mom too if mom does this. But these little guys, when they're done doing the workouts, they are wiped out because they're running in place or doing push-ups or you know, things like that. We have found that just by if, – if we were in a small environment, a, a apartment or even, you know, Downtown New York, um, we could still use these DVDs and have them work up a sweat and get their energy out with those too, right? Absolutely. You know, one thing that we've discovered this year uh, that's been really great, especially for our littlest guy who needs lots of activity, um, and you know, he's not the only one on this. The eight and the eleven-year-old help themselves quite a bit. Um, and this is the this doorway system from PlayawayToys.com. Uh, it's a tra- it's a trapeze bar yeah. that they swing. are swinging and hanging yeah. upside down from and doing flips on. It's a, an actual swing, like a traditional swing. And then there, we also have the rope swing. They have other things as well. They have, you know, there's a pull-up thing that you can you know, do pull-ups on or really exercise with. Um, but for our kids, this is what they're doing. It uh, hard mounts to any doorway that's a standard-sized doorway, and it holds up to 175 pounds. So even our two little guys will get into that big rope swing together and swing back and forth, but they are going, they're going so high. And I've had like, you know, my older girls like, mom, you really want them going that high? And yes, yes, I do. Because they're pumping, you know, they're pumping their legs. They're really working their core when you think about it, when they're doing that kind of thing. And they are expending that energy. So it's kind of um, interesting that we in California have this and we've got a lot of land, but boy, I'm telling you, if you've got winters where you're socked in, look at playawaytoys.com and see what their systems are like, because then you've got that whole little equipment thing going on in your own home. Now, that's just some ideas we have from us, and that's based on our experience. But what you need to do if you're a listener and you're like, hey, Fletch and Kendra, you've missed like all these great ideas, go ahead and write them. Put them in the comments on this post. Because when people listen to this episode forever, they can read some of these comments of your suggestions as well. Hey, hurlers, you might be brand new to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, but we just want to let you know we don't do this show alone. We are part of a bigger network of shows called the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Yeah, if you love to listen to podcasts, the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network has over a dozen homeschool-related podcasts, including Mary Jo Tate's Flourish, which will give you all kinds of ideas on how to really flourish as a homeschooler. Yeah, Mary Jo's been on our show, as well as Dr. Melanie Wilson. She's over there. Felice Gerwitz has a show. Hal and Melanie Young have a show. And Carol Topp, our favorite homeschool CPA. Head on over to ultimateradioshow.com and check out the other podcasts. All right, Ken, for this last segment, let's just briefly talk about manners. We have had a conversation around our house about teaching our boys manners and how that plays out. Yeah. So I think typically when we think about manners, we think of white gloves and which fork to use, but that's etiquette. 
you know, etiquette is like all these rules set up by our culture, society, but manners, I'm talking about showing honor and respect and deference to other people. So putting other people first, really. If you think about our boys, one thing we've seen with not just ours, but a lot of boys, they are pesterers. Oh my goodness. And they they? just (laughs) like to needle their sisters or they just like to push. push Okay. So I, I like very literally, my brothers would hold me down and like do the little finger thing on the top of my you know, like right by my neck, yeah. like bug, 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 <laughs> until I was like, stop it. And they would just laugh. That was so funny. Or, you know, tickle you until you were just like, stop, stop. Or And our college age oh, kid goodness. to this day will pester everybody. Yeah. He is a total pest. Yeah. Sit next to you so, and like, hi, hi, yeah, so, hi. So, so we're <laughs> cool. talking a little bit about manners. They're like knowing when to turn it off. Yes. And just showing honor and respect to the person. And I don't mean like, calling your sisters ma'am or miss, but, <laughs> right. but you know, how to actually stop being a jerk Yeah, right. and stop how being to, a jerk. you know, and actually how to also be an encourager yeah. and how to love and support and build up. Right. And that does mean opening the door for somebody that does mean seeing your mom, you know, pull in with the groceries and running out to help her take the groceries in. Not because you, that's a thing like in and of itself, but because that's seeing a need and helping somebody. And, and so we're talking about it on this episode because I don't think this is a natural thing for boys. No. And I think, you know, in a lot of homes you're trained to stand up when someone walks in the room. That's a great thing. That's showing honor and respect. And again, going beyond the etiquette, but, but really taking um, your self-focus and taking it off yourself and putting it onto someone else. We had this uh, friend a couple years ago who used to talk about this with boys. And I, I actually, uh, although I kind of knocked heads with this guy a lot, I really loved this little lesson he loved to teach, which was, you know, if you are sitting in a chair um, and someone comes in as sister, give them your chair, give them the bigger chair, give them the bigger slice of cake give them the colder glass of water. You know what I mean? Like choose the best for the other person. And I don't think that's a natural habit in boys. I don't think it's a natural habit in humans. <laughs> it isn't, but I think, you know, with boys, it's like, well, I'll fight for the biggest. I'll fight for the best. I was here first. I'll call it shotgun. Right. I want the best seat in the car. I don't want to sit on the hump. Yeah. You know, all those different things. Um, hey, look, there's two sodas. One was poured a little bigger with more ice. That's the one I want. There's a family joke in my family that's gone on for 50 years about my cousin, who was a boy and just a few years older than my older brothers. And when there was the three of them sitting in the back of the car, Mark would sit in the middle with his legs spread as wide as he could. Could, so that he would get all the space in the middle and my brothers would be smushed to the sides of the car. I mean, that's... Well, did he do that because he got the hump? No. Well, I don't know, but he did it because A, it was a great way to pester his cousins. Yeah. B, because he was an only child. Yeah. C, because he's male. You know, it was just a thing and they would always be like, Mark just takes up all the back seat. So that's, you know, those are the kind of things and you can kind of laugh about them. There's some of those things are funny, but some of them are not so funny because then they grow into these jerks. You know, everybody knows high school, college, young adult men who are just selfish jerks. And not really, I mean, I really don't want to end this on a negative note because I love talking about boys. I think boys are great. Maybe we can find a funny anecdote to share with our listeners at the end, but this gets us to the point that I wanted to get to on this um, manners and respect that we, we tell our girls, it is not okay for a boy or for a man to um, overpower you and harm you. You know, we had a recent discussion about, um, someone we heard that is living with abuse and, you know, we had to say, you had to say to this individual, it's not okay to be hit. Right. It's not okay to be hurt. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to, I think, ultimately get at, you know, we're, we're trying to show self-control with all of us, but with boys, it's not okay to be a pest into your adult life with your wife and your kids. You cannot be that bully. Bullying is not okay. And I don't want to go down this path of bullying, but ultimately we're starting on the front end saying, hey, you know, we're going to show better manners as young men. We're going to show better respect to the people around us. 
All right, Ken, let's wrap up this discussion on an up note and maybe share some anecdotes of boys just to let people feel normal again. (laughs) Well, and I don't have to dig back very far. I think um, both of my examples are from Sunday. Last Sunday, (laughs) living in the moment with the Fletchers. Yes, so we get out, we get, we leave church, and we go out to lunch with some friends of ours at Dickie's Barbecue. We'll just leave it there. So we go, we we go to Dickie's (laughs) on Sunday, on Sunday, because it's a special Dickie's Sunday, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we go with we go with these friends, and their little boy is the same age as our eight year old, and their buddies, and. We all eat our lunch and all of a sudden I look over and Christian has pulled out from somewhere, I don't know, like the endless pockets in his shorts or something, about 30 clothespins. And so... <laughs> from our, my laundry from church? room. Oh no, from the laundry room, no, right? No, no, from my would, laundry room. Because would right. take away something you need. Right. And to church, uh, ostensibly, they went yeah. to church with him and then they were building things on the table at Dickie's. Straws. Out of straws and clothespins, clothespins cups. And, Right. Yeah, and even the when the lady came to pick up the dishes, she said, uh, "Do you want to take your clothespins with you?" <laughs> it's like you know, yes, thank you. Yeah. you know, Sir, would you like to take your clothespins? So yeah, that's the kind of thing. And then you get home and everything is undone. Right. And you go to hang stuff and you don't have. I have clothespins. no clothespins because they're on the table. All right. At <laughs> Same son. Um, yes. Regularly, commando. Oh, like could not wear underwear. No, like, it's like, like this. getting dressed. Wait like, a minute, underwear is a thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> underwear is a thing, and I don't think now at age eight, like we need to repeat this every I, day. Right. But he's convinced in his mind that he only needs to wear it on Friday and Sunday. No, Friday and Saturday, because this was Sunday, and I said, you know, here's your shorts and your shirt and your underwear for church. What? Underwear? I wore them on Friday and Saturday. Right. I don't get this. I've never <laughs> raised him this it. way. I just want to let our <laughs> listeners know, I was thrown under the bus at the beginning of this episode. I'm an everyday underwear person. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, That's, I'm, I'm to happy to know that about regularly. you. <laughs> I don't know where our sons picked up on this little fact, because I know their older brother's are everyday wearers as well. Well, that's, I'm glad you know that. I don't want to know. Well, I just I cannot <laughs> believe that these little guys. So, yeah, so those are two little uh, truths about our sons. So, hey, this has been a fun discussion about boys, and we hope we touched on some topics that you wanted to talk about. Um, if you have anything else in the idea of uh, what to do with little busy boys in a small space, share those in the notes. If there's something else that is the this is a thing that you think uh, boys need to know about, you know, keys, underwear. Um, feel free to put those in the notes as well. Like hair washing is probably a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Boys. Well, just general body yeah. care, like mm-hmm. using yeah. soap. But that is quickly learned. And, and maybe we just need to say this in parting. Homeschoolers do not have this advantage that public school uh, junior high boys have, which is Girls begin to notice smell. Ooh, yeah. And it, you know, if if they, in, at least in the public school, if they like, man, you smell like a wet dog. That and that's the way most young boys smell in junior high. They certainly begin to realize that there are body soaps that they can start using. Yeah, um, and I know for our older boys, they were in the era of Axe body. Right. Body yeah. Body sure. Axe, Axe and Old Spice. Old Spice. And I was from the era where we, my my friend uh, Tom used um, uh, Chaps. Oh, yeah. Chaps. We, so we were the polo era, like too. Chaps. Oh, well. Polo. Like every guy I knew had a bottle of polo. We That's were, what they wanted for Christmas. We were old Western chaps wearers, <laughs> apparently. Like when I smell chaps today, I still think of my friend Tom. I don't know anybody who plays polo. So before we wrap up the show, um, let's uh, wrap up this discussion. Thanks. All right, before we go, let's dig into the Hurler's Treasure Chest. You know, it's been a while since we've done the treasure chest, Fletch. It has been a while, but why don't you tell our listeners what this is? Well, the treasure chest is full of all the little goodies that you and I like or have found recently or are currently kind of into. Like, it's a thing. Yeah, and we like to share that with our listeners. Maybe you will like what we like. Maybe. So, Fletch, what is in your treasure chest today? You know, one of the things you will always find me in is a piece of clothing from Life Is Good, the clothing company. And I, I think I like it because it's comfortable. You know, I'm, if I was on that show with Stacy and uh, what's his name, Clinton, yeah, say the dress something, what not to wear, what not to wear, yeah, yeah, they would probably get down on me that I always choose comfort over 
Oh, they would. Style? Yes, yeah, yes. Because I like comfortable clothing. So life is good. Clothing is super comfortable. It's also really cool. It typically has a picture of a dog or a Frisbee or a coffee cup. You know, those are tend to be the ones I wear. Unless you're my mom, and then you buy me the one that says Grill Sergeant. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not really that into grilling, but that's the one she buys me. Or she buys me golf clothing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't golf. golf. Right. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you wear to work? Why are you so quiet? You wear I wear pajamas. Yeah, I wear scrubs. They're so like, what is this need for comfort beyond I just like to be what you're always wearing? Yeah. And my newest So it's addition, not like you're in a coat and a tie. No, my newest addition to the office most is of the so like, low top oh. orange converse uh, <laughs> Chuck Taylors. So I wear orange shoes and then, you know, blue pajamas. People, let me tell you, dentistry, that's the profession. You get to wear pajamas to work. Yeah, I clearly chose, like, what do I not have to wear a tie to? And then I chose that. So it was either this or, like, a lifeguard or nothing. There was, like, a nothing. Like, you can be nothing. <laughs> you could just be, like, a deadbeat. out of work. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, enough with my treasure chest. What's in yours? Well, I found a book this week that I checked out from the library, but now I've got all these bookmarks in it. <laughs> so I realize, like, I'm going to have to return this to the library at some point. But it's called Chewy, Gooey, Crispy, Crunchy, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Cookies. And it's by Alice Medrich, who's um, got a really great cooking reputation. <laughs> so we've tried a couple of recipes. One is this uh, gluten-free oatmeal recipe cookie. Um, oh, yeah, totally good. But she, the book is not gluten-free. It's all kinds of really, really wonderful cookie recipes. And then we did peanut butter yesterday. Now, it's that organized a great. really cool way. You, you told me this. Yeah, it is really organized great. Um, so she's got all of her recipes. And then in the back, her index is really, really helpful. So it'll say like um, wheat-free cookies, dairy-free cookies, cookies that freeze well, cookies that keep more than two weeks, cookies that can be whipped up quickly. That's so helpful. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I, I mean, and you know what? Like cookies. If you eat a lot of these cookies, you're going to need to wear more comfortable clothes. <laughs> so you might <laughs> so as well head on over perfect. to lifeisgood.com and get some of their clothing. So let's, uh, can we put the lid back on the tre- treasure chest? Yes, we can. like to reach us by any means possible other than pigeon post you can reach out to us on twitter <laughs> who is who is gonna even understand pigeon post come on people understand like they used to use carrier pigeons to wow. take messages i feel like this episode we have been more <laughs> off the rails than any episode we're we started movie. with me peeing in the backyard <laughs> and we're finishing with pigeon post are you kidding me and you know what when you're recording live, you shouldn't use a lot of P words to begin with. Pigeon so we did P, post. pigeon, and post. <laughs> um, so please they, reach out to us on, on, on Twitter, Facebook, or Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. On Twitter at homeschool IRL or email us at info at homeschoolingirl.com. Hey, thanks for tuning into this show. We will talk to you next week where we talk about girls, girls, girls. No, girls, girls comma. Comma. Again. Again. Thanks for listening. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. To reach your hosts or to find out more information about this podcast, you can go to their website at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes. 